with Ronan Quirk. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to hear from you. Our text number is 083 311 number works for WhatsApp messages as well 083-311-3311 if you want to contact us on Twitter our Twitter handle is at tipfmsport lots to cover football taking centre stage on tonight's show with county semi-finals in senior and intermediate we've relegation we also had uh, semi-final action in the um, Tom Cusick Cup as well lots to reflect on but also county final action in ladies grade and a great win and congratulations to Feathers on their first ever win in the grade overcoming Brian Bruce by a single point in quite dramatic fashion as well wins an intermediate for Mulnahone and in senior B for Clonmel commercials we've soccer as well and rugby season up and running with the Munster with the All-Ireland League up and running on Saturday as well so uh, any thoughts on any of that we'd love to hear from you 083 311 and don't forget we'll be announcing our September Sports Star of the Month later on the night show so we're looking for nominations now for the October Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. If you know of somebody who is deserving of a nomination, just send it in to sportstar at tipfm.com. That's sportstar at tipfm.com. That's in association with the Talbot Hotel in Clamel and the John Quirk Jewellers in Care. 083-311-3311. Let's reflect on events in Golden yesterday, County Senior Football semi-finals. Wins for Upper Church and Clamel commercials. Charlie McGeever was on duty for us. How are you, Charlie? That's a bad run, how are you? I suppose the big story of this season, and when we all reflect on the year, it's going to be Upper Church Dunban. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, not surprising either, I don't think, because it's been something that's been in the making for a couple of years now, isn't it, going under... Well, they, won a, they won an intermediate, I don't know how many years ago, and uh, we're always comfortable at senior level when they came up. Absolutely, and, and it showed yesterday that they're very comfortable where they are. I suppose they... They gave us warning early in the group, I think, where they were uh, give commercials enough of it for the first half in their group match and probably only dropped away with the goals conceded in the second half. So uh, I wasn't a bit surprised with their performance yesterday. I thought that uh, close game, uh, you, you, you're not going to beat Lockmore easily, but Lockmore probably will admit themselves that they weren't quite at their best yesterday. And I suppose the loss of key players, John Marr and John McGuire, just to name two, a uh, big loss to them yesterday. But that doesn't take away from Upper Church's performance because when... Uh, when Lockmore came back at them, as they did, as you would expect, and brought it back to a point, uh, they kicked again, and uh, to be fair, deservedly won the game. Yeah, it got over the line. They're, are they very dependent on the two Shanahan boys? Well, uh, do you know what, most teams are going to be dependent on a couple of players. I mean, I, I, I don't know any team anywhere that have five or six scoring goals, so uh, the, the style of play is that they, they work hard for each other, and uh, look to, they will look to Paul and to Luke to do the finishing and let's, let's face it both of them are finishing I mean they were superb yesterday They're, the goal that, that they scored yesterday orchestrated by Paul Shannon was, was some ball it was the best delivery of a football I've seen in an awful long time created a great scoring opportunity well well put away as well but he's well backed up by, by Luke and uh, people like Jack Butler in the middle of the field and Dean Crew in the back line and others they are a very very organised fit and determined team yeah, and it's it, it's just a great story. I mean, when Conor Fahey got that goal, it put them, I think, five points clear. And you perhaps wondered, maybe 
erroneously would would uh, Lockmore go quietly into the night but those of us who've been watching football and hurling in this county for long enough know that Lockmore never go quietly anywhere and it's a tri- tribute to them to, without the players that they are missing uh, that they were able to bring it back almost to parity I think they got it back to one at one stage Yeah it's not surprising it, 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 I think that the hurling the week before the same with the with uh, their 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 match as well by a point or two, they're, they're, it's always going to be either way. They will lose by one or two, they'll win by one or two. But yesterday, just the gap, that goal created a too big a gap to close. Uh, they changed their style late second half, started to go long and long deliveries, which is unusual for them. But they had to and uh, orchestrated the goal. I mean, yesterday you have to say even in defeat, Noel McGrath and and Lee McGrath were magnificent in particular. I mean, they carried that game to uh, to uh, Upper Church all the way and Liam's performance I think he scored 1-8 in total was superb Yeah and got the goal which brought them back into it and uh, they were chasing chasing a goal towards the end got it back to a single point but let's just really concentrate on Upper Church because from their point of view uh, it's week on week they keep winning winning becomes a habit they just seem to be very well conditioned that they're able to do this at the at the level they're doing it at. Now they're not alone. I mean, you know, we talk about dual clubs a lot of the time, and we sometimes miss the fact that a lot of commercials players are very active at Premier Intermediate level with St Mary's as well. So you know, it works both ways. It does, but I think it's unique. It's not unique uh, at this stage. I think there's so many teams that have have taken. I probably would say the lot more uh, model. You know, whereby. You know, the two teams are working together. They're playing week in, week out. I, as a player, and you know this one from anybody that's played sport, they want to play matches. They don't want yeah. to be training in between games. They want to just, when they're fit enough, they just want to play games. And it's the way to, you know, winning is a habit. And with with, with double church at the minute, uh, I mean, that's where we're at. They've won three knockout matches in a row now. Um, and are, are only three more away from winning a double, you know. So they, they will obviously uh, regroup for next weekend with, on the high of this weekend. And, We'll come back to commercials two weeks later regardless of what happens next weekend. And I, I do expect that we'll have a cut. I mean, that's for sure. How much significance should we read into the fact they met in the early stages of the group stages of this competition? Yeah, I think that... I, 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 look, I thought about this quite a lot last night and I was figuring that commercials have improved, I think, since then. They've, they've ironed out maybe a couple of issues that they had. But no doubt Upper Church will improve dramatically from it. I, I think they're a much better team uh, I think on that day, from what I remember, I think Luke Shannon went off early second half, uh, which was a loss. And I think the crew was in America. So uh, there's a number of key players that weren't there when when it, when it mattered on that day. Uh, I do envisage, like, you know the story at this stage, Ronan, we have two different styles of play. I mean, yeah. both matches yesterday produced that. Uh, uh, certainly commercials and my over much more expansive open game, a lot of kicking uh, in, inside, taking scores from outside. Whereas the Church lot more match was much a boxing match, you know, mostly falling back in defence and, and trying to counter attack. But both equally as effective, and both matches were very good matches. I mean, the, the commercials, uh, Overs match was in the balance, but halfway through the second half until commercials pulled away, but uh, and, and Moylovers had given them enough of it in the early stages. Whereas the other match was far more even all the way through until that goal, as I say, that magnificent mm. goal that Overture scored. So two different contrasting styles, but both very effective. If I were to ask you hypothetically you know in Waterford they've gone for a, an, did all their hurling first and now they're playing the football I think they did something similar in Wexford and there is some some uh, debate as to whether or not that might be a good formula uh, bearing in mind how many weeks the commercials players are out the upper church players are out in hurling and football is there merit in that argument or would you prefer to see the current status quo retained? 
It's a good question, uh, and I think it, a lot depends on, on who goes first, doesn't it, really, and, and, and who progresses from that. I think that there's going to be a big gap of one wins early in the summer, and there's a gap to those who have won their competitions to go through to, let's say, the... the yeah, you've made a good that. point, because Ballygunner, I think, are going to be waiting nine weeks before they meet the Tipperary champions who live in hurling because they've won the Waterford Senior Hurling Championship. You know, they'll have a nine-week gap, while the Tipperary champions will have had two weeks to recover from a county final, and then they'll be into a Munster quarterfinal. Yeah, and, and you see, the, the the current circumstances go against those kind of... Uh, the staff wouldn't say that, because obviously Lockmore and Upper Church are, and, and J.K. Brackens are three teams that are playing high level of duel. And it hasn't it hasn't stopped them. I mean, last year Lockmore won a double, and this year Upper Church are in both semi-finals, so, uh, and one in the final. So I, I, I can see the reasons uh, in a way, but I don't think that's our biggest problem in Tipperary. I don't think it's our issue. I think that most teams are able to manage it. I think this year is much easier, Ronan, because of the, the county scene being finished so early and, and the gap that's left. You know, other years it was far more crammed and it does become a difficulty. But you know, well, thanks be to God, we didn't have to play a Wednesday night, you know, under lights yeah. and in the you know in the muck and rain, which we've had to do in the past, where teams are out on a Saturday and then back out on a Wednesday and back out on a Sunday again. Absolutely, but this is where we're that much earlier this year, and I think yeah. if if they can stick to this model, it's a good model. I I just thought that the conditions on both. I was I was in in Littleton on Saturday for the two intermediate matches. Again, high standard and condi- I know the the, the facility is magnificent in both venues. I mean, Golden the pitch was magnificent. Yeah, best second best pitch in the county after Central Stadium, and it made for a great occasion on both both matches. Being, well, sorry, the four matches being played in great weather. On, on good surfaces makes all all the difference and and that gave us good matches you know well, so I think Ronan we have a good model I want to ask you about that intermediate now that you, you bring it up because Mullinahone are into an intermediate final with their win over Galtee Rovers but a lot of people fancied Grange Mokler to win this outright and they will be really licking their sores having lost to Balna. they will and uh, it was kind of I, I don't I, I, I saw it as a very tight match I mean Two contrasting styles again. I mean, the, the, we've got we've got Ballina, very physically strong side, depending on breaking and having uh, Stephen O'Brien, you know, such a, a big unit in the full forward line, uh, who makes them tick. Whereas Grange Mokler are very much a footballing team, very quick movement of the ball, slight slighter than than Ballina, but moving the ball quicker. I think Grange Mokler will be annoyed at themselves for how slow they were to start. I mean, they gave such a big advantage to Ballina early on. And they gave it, they cooked off the game to the early second half for about 15 minutes, but they had put so much energy into it that, uh, that Ballina saw it out. But I, I think Ronan saying that uh, Grange won't be disappointed. Two lost finals in the last three years and the last semi final this year for a group of players that are now going into their 20s. You know, they, they would have expected maybe to be a senior level by now. But Ballina are going to bring something, if they were to win, uh, will bring something special to senior football because they are well organised and they have a big take. And if they can work like Upper Church do and not more do and do the dual bit, you know, they will be impressive. Uh, like, I think it's great that, you know, potentially, Mullinahone obviously have something to say about this, that you could get a, a senior team from the north with the likes of Stephen O'Brien. Love to see him win a county title after his great service to Tipperary football. I know he won a county, probably won a county title with the combination a couple of years ago. Was it uh, the Thomas McDonough's combination a few years ago? Maybe I'm open to correction on that. Mm, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah but... But Teddy, what's his name? Teddy. Teddy Doyle. Teddy Doyle. He's in with them as well. He's a fine footballer. You know, um, it's great to see. 
It is. And uh, let's go back to Mullahone. I mean, Mikey, they will have to have on Mikey O'Shea. Mikey O'Shea showed exactly what he is as a footballer at the weekend, uh, dictating the play, scoring vital scores, creating things. He's going into a, a very good senior footballer, county senior footballer. And, uh, you know, it's, not, it's no foregone conclusion because uh, they, they dispersed uh, or, or they got, got rid of Golden quite, quite comfortably in the end. Uh, but the, certainly the second match was a higher standard. I think the the, the Grange Mokler um, match was a much better game. Mm. But in saying that, like I say, oh, that will again be a very good final. Yeah, it will be. It's something to look forward to. Charlie, it's always good talking to you. Thanks for your efforts over the weekend. We'll talk soon. Thank you very much, Ron. Not Thank at all. That's Charlie McGeever, uh, formerly of the um, of commercials, but now with the county senior footballers. Our text number is 083-311-3311. Tommy Toomey was also on duty for Tip FM over the weekend. He's on the line. Tommy, how are you? Hello, Ronan. How are you? Tommy, we'll concentrate on the commercials Mile Rovers match with yourself because this was really interesting, I thought. And I just want to perhaps take what your thoughts at half time because I thought Mile Rovers had done a lot of football they'd gone into a, I think a four point lead at one stage had kicked some bad wides but still went in at half time only a point up was that the winning and losing of it for them? Yeah I think I think as you said as you said Roland the, the main thing here around Mile Rovers was that the amount of ball they had in the first half they should have had a, a bigger lead than a point obviously and the, and the black car just before half time had a huge effect on the second half like both teams did receive black cards at certain times, were commercials better able to manage their fourteen men? Co- or like, I suppose my question really is, did the black cards hurt Mile Rovers more than they hurt commercials? Again, I think I think Mile Rovers after Corman Kennedy got the black cards uh, around there. I think Mile Rovers were leading five points to, and in the remaining ten minutes of the of the first half, commercials out outscored them. Uh, I think it was four points to one, or uh, or four points to two. Sorry, four yeah. points to two. So you can say that definitely commercials upped their game in the last ten minutes of the half, and uh, really there was about three or four turnovers in the middle third that commercials scored at home. And those are so critical. I think you know so many management teams play so much emphasis on that turnover ball and then applying it quickly. Uh, a commercial is just a faster team. They're they're excellent at it. They, they they concentrate really to crowd out a team in the middle tower. I guess but those numbers are really kind of a, a view into where commercials uh, make hay when they when they get on possession. Like they scored one seven from turnovers. Like both teams had around That's 18, huge. 19 I mean, in the modern game, days. in the modern game, one seven from turnovers. Where like is that massive? That is massive. Like you're you're looking at commercials just scored one fifteen, and uh, of, of that fifty percent of it came off of tor- turnovers of like my Rovers had the ball lost it and commercial scored at it yeah I know that's my Rovers in themselves only scored three points off of turnovers yeah and I don't know what they scored in the second half my Rovers but I know that they struggled I mean uh, you know Ring Quigley came in got a point good point uh, but it just wasn't happening for them in the second half no they, they, they had 15 shots from play from, from, from all all elements in the first half they had only six in the second half. Yeah, it tells his own story. So this, I mean, how impressed were you with the way Moyle, or sorry, the way commercials responded to the challenge that Moyle Rovers threw down at them? Probably the first time commercials have been subjected to a significant challenge this year. Well, I think the commercials, commercials when Seamus Kennedy playing in the full back line, I did not have that penetrating drives that they normally have from their half back line. Uh, the only reason man that was taking the game 
with pace was Jason Lundergan. Uh, Jason got in behind for a great goal chance early in the match, and uh, he had he had, he had uh, my in trouble. But 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 my Rovers kind of I think they put Killian Crow out on him and sent him back, and that 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 kind of evened it out there. And then my Rovers took over the game for a while and scored six really good scores, uh, and were six two up as you said, morning before commercials again came after them, and within a four minute period had that. Uh, that wiped out there was only a point in it at half time uh, My Rovers were without the services of Stephen Quirk who's been playing really really well for them this year and also playing really well for their junior hurling team as well he's a big loss because he offers them something when you're chasing a game he's such a big strong man at the edge of the square Yeah, and again you could see that, that there's a vulnerability about commercials is at the edge of the square and Stephen Stephen would have been a definite asset in there for direct ball running yeah, absolutely, it would have. Yeah, I mean, the gap between commercials and Moyle Rovers is is it's not insignificant at this stage. And we talk myself and yourself and Martin Quinnivan, we we talk every year about you know who who the top four sides are, and we can pretty much name three of them every year: Moyle Rovers, Lockmore, and commercials. Um, and with the players Moyle Rovers have, the quality, the undoubted quality they have, should they be closer? It, what was very noticeable yesterday is that the, the changes to, to the program at the start of the matches, it, it looked like my Rovers had their their bench on on the field at the start of the game. So they had, they had a very, it didn't have the same quality of substitutes that commercials had to come in with Ross Peters, again, uh, Peter McCarry, those type of players came on for commercials. And uh, just, I think my Rovers were shocked in that element. So as again, Stephen Quirk would have been a huge loss out of that group. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, commercials will go into the final. Strong favourites now, but Upper Church have had a swing at them already this year. Do teams, you know, the learnings for Upper Church, will they be greater from that game than the learnings commercials got from that? Well, you'll have to see which which is the real commercials team. Is it the first half or the second? Now, I have to say that all games I've watched with, with, with Upper Church this year is the remarkable thing about them is their fitness levels and the, and the, the battle that they put up from start to finish. So again, I, I feel that physically physically they will, they will definitely be up for commercials, obviously, and I think physically they can last a full hour. Uh, my Rovers went out of gas yesterday and a lot of the teams, my own club, Arable, like we were well beaten by commercials by, by their pure power in the tackle. Again, we lost the ball 24 times to them and I think over over seventy percent of them were in the middle third, and you know, commercials that pressure there in the middle third is what Upper Church have to get through. Uh, they have the physicality to do it, so it would be very interesting final. It will. It's, it's like uh, styles make fights. You know, you've got two uh, two teams with different styles, and that'll make for an interesting game. Before I let you go, can I just ask you briefly about the relegation final? By two proud teams. Uh, contesting a relegation final Aherlow losing out by a single point we must say congratulations to Aaron Wall who pulled off a spectacular save from a penalty in the last kick of the game I think to keep care up at senior level and relegate Aherlow um, your thoughts on that? Well again being from West area, very very much worried about West football with Galdi Rovers gone down a couple of years ago a real powerhouse of Tipperary football and Aherlow in recent years have won county titles and contested county finals and to have them in intermediate football is a big knock to Westhead. But, you know, again, 
you are as good as you, you are when you get relegated. You, you, you have had a, a poor year. I'm not saying you're a poor team, but that, that year, any team can get caught in that operation. Not finishing in the first two in your group puts you into that. And uh, I'm afraid I don't know, it just fell, fell this, this year. I mean, some of the success you cited there were built on the the quality of the Grogan's, uh, Kieran McDonald. You know, fellas like that don't grow on trees. And an inability to replace that quality has probably cost Arlo over the years. Yeah, a number of years ago, Pat Moroni arranged for Arlo and 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 that to join as a, as a as a concern in senior football in particular. And uh, I felt that maybe that would help uh, keep the club viable. But at underage level in recent years. There hasn't been the influx of players and very little success at underage level. And that's a marker, really, as there are light blood coming through from the club base. And uh, I'm afraid that has been falling short. And it's, it's not easy to answer that question, you know, yeah, how do you fix it? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, congratulations to Care. I think Robbie Costigan played for them yesterday. Um, he would have won a county senior title with Care back in 2003. I'm open to correction on that. Um, so that, there's a longevity of service to his club. Fantastic, fantastic athlete. Great athlete, yeah. Brilliant, you know, brilliant player. I served temporary football through his career. Fantastic man and will continue to play because he loves the game. Yeah, no, it's, uh, congratulations to them. It's always sad to see somebody go down to the intermediate ranks, but look, we look forward to Harlow bouncing back in due course. Tommy, it's always good to talk to you. Many thanks for that. Thank you, Roland. Take care. That's Tommy Toomey joining us there. Some texts coming in. Uh, the under-17A hurling semi-finals were played over the weekend and Holy Cross and Mike Harkey will meet again in a repeat of the mid-final and that's this coming Saturday. Uh, congratulations to Upper Church on a cracking win yesterday. I'm looking forward to a county final. Um, on Saturday at four o'clock in Golden, a rematch of the cracking mid-final between Mike Harkey Boris and the much-fancied Holy Cross who are chasing a first minor county title since 1982 says one texter but I am told that that mid-final between Mike Harkey and Holy Cross was super and now you're getting a chance if you missed it to go and see you know Mark 2 of that Mike Harkey Holy Cross epic and that's on this Saturday in Golden somebody tells me at 4 o'clock in the under 17A hurling final Holy Cross and um, but Mike Harkey bars Tom McGrath's on the line how are you Tom? Good Ronan, recommended viewing that on the 17 match, that's all we'll say about it. Yeah, I'm told yeah, it's, uh, yeah, told yeah. It was the first, if it's half as good as the first one then people will... Uh, oh yeah, no, no, first, we talked about the first game last week, so yeah. it, was, it was super like, yeah. Yeah, and two good sides, I saw Holy, I saw that Holy Cross team play under 15 last year I think, and I was hugely impressed with them. I just yeah, and they put, up, they, put up a, they put up a massive score yesterday as well, like, so I think Nina was short a couple of players alright, like, but they put up a huge score, like, so... Just, Worth going yeah. to if you're doing nothing on Saturday, go off to Golden and watch that. There we go. I'm doing a bit for the county board treasure. Listen, uh, we are where we are in the county senior football final. Upper Church Ban against Clamwell Commercials. Commiserations, lock more. I have to say to you, Tom. But you know, you 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 ran out of bodies. I think towards the end. I know. I think I think credit for credit is due. The better better team in the day won. Like and fair fair to Upper Church, they they they, they won the match. Took the match to Lockmore Castellani from the start. Like and. You know, I don't think sure they they were they were only behind for a couple of occasions. Very early in the match, it might have been, might have been, we might have been sharing the sharing the first point and third one or something like that. But no, once they once they got a bit of bit of thing going with them, they they got going and won and won well. Like and you know, no no complaints. I think that's every like good game, good contest played honestly. You know, very fairly, well refed the whole lot. Like Everton, I don't think 
uh, I heard nobody from our side complained anyway. Like only they wish upstairs the very best look in the in the final. Like and you know they have a big task in front of them. They Everybody do. knows that. Like but no, Doc Morecast nine lads ran out of ran out of bodies. I suppose would be the thing and probably the last. The straw that breaks the camel's back, the last injury, I suppose, was John Ryan got injured about 10 minutes to go in the hurling match against Drum, and that was probably the one that that done the that done the real damage. He wasn't able to play yesterday either. Like, so, no, we had 15 in the field, same as everybody else, and we had 15 in the field for the 60 minutes, so no complaints. Yeah, no no doubt about it. And, uh, like, you, I'm trying to get a, some sort of a handle on what our upper church have learned from their you know, the group game against commercials um, and whether we'd see a carbon copy of that. It's unlikely because, you know, to replicate that performance against commercials, uh, they put the, the, you know, they threw down a marker and threw down a challenge but ultimately came up short. They're going to have to come up with plan B against commercials now. Well, I thought the upper the game plan yesterday was, was quite simple. Um, get bodies get bodies behind the ball when Lockmore Castellani had the ball but when they turned it over then they broke a pace. They, were, they had the ball at the other end of the field pretty quickly through the hands. You know, exert, put in put in super energy into, into the thing. And then patience, when they got the ball and got their shooters around the place, like the, the, the quality of shooting on both sides was, was top class yesterday. Four wides each, like that's, that's and it was a tricky cross-field breeze or wind at times in, in Golden yesterday. But um, no, no, and no, that's that's a testament to the marksmanship on both sides like that. Oftentimes you'd have a whole catcher wide and you have a lot of poor stuff. But no, good good quality scores all around like and no Luke, Luke Shannon probably was different five points in play and scored a free as well, like so I mean when you have get matches to that stage and you have a guy that will turn up turn up and do that. Well, that's that's going to be the difference at the end of the day, like. Yeah, and so look, it's an interesting finals, and it's a unique final pairing. Upper Church never been in a county senior football final before. Uh, they take on the commercials, who will obviously start that game as hot favourites. Um, no, but I suppose in the current in the current era, I know Turnbull were in the final back a hundred odd years ago, like. But I mean, like if you said to Upper Church Turnbull people a year or two ago that you'd be in the senior football final before you'd be in a hurling one. You'd have been, you'd have been certified, I'd say. Yeah. But well, no, no, like, there might be only a week between them. We'll know that's all. That's all. Week. I think it gives them a massive boost now for next weekend as well. Like so, look, because they're and they have they have a series, you know, a series big number of players on both on both team, on, on on the two teams as well. Like so, yeah, no, no, because like, works well for them. Can I ask you the question I asked Charlie earlier about the splitting the seasons in two like they did in Waterford and Wexford uh, playing like in Waterford they played the hurling first and they're playing the football now so uh, they didn't kick any football until the hurling was completed um, some people in the county believe that that might be a way we should go what is your view bearing in mind you know the caveat being you're a Lockmore man who loves both codes with equal uh, affection If it's a tent if it's a tent broken why go about fixing it uh, I, I think the, the present the present system has uh, is there for a couple of years now and has bedded in quite well. And, and I think this year, in fairness, has been particularly good. You know, the matches are being played on pitches that are playable. Yeah. And yesterday's pitch in, in in Golden was excellent. Super. Like all all pitches are good at the minute. Little bit little bit of little bit of give coming into now, which is no harm. That because. Balls were going quickly in Holland there for a couple of weeks, and even football too. Balls were going mad, like a ball hitting the ground and just was going you nowhere. Know, it's going to go, but no pitches. Pitches are good, and you know what you say to people is, yeah, sure, if that's what you want to do, so we'll play the football first, like. Okay. Yeah. And play and play and play the Holland then in October if that's what they wanted. But no, I think it's good because what are them? 
let's say you start you start with the hurling. Sure, footballers going to be kicking their heels then because there are football only players like in place. Let's be fair about that. And then you you have you play it out, and then you start you start the football from raw raw like, and it's ah I I I, I could see it. I, what I see at the moment is what's very good, and you know you'd go maybe a little bit, little bit forward with say the championships, the way they're the way they're being run, and you have quarterfinals in all the competitions. Like this, and I saw a small bit of Solihead and Saracens yesterday in, in, in junior A football. I mean, they went about their business in a workmanlike fashion as well. Solihead are boxing on two fronts as well. They're they're playing junior B hurling the weekend, so it's it's there at scene. Everybody hears about the the. The upper churches and the Loughmore Castellinis and the commercials yes. and the grain, the Mile Rovers and all them, they're doubling up and Mile and all the but like the Salahids are, are doubling up as well and they're and they're relishing it. So I mean we have to be careful what we go about doing. When you have a good model there and the model is, is good, the little bit of a tweak probably possibly needed and there'll have to be some discussion about it probably is your number of senior football teams. Yeah, that is something that we might return to. Yeah, but that's, to a, that's a separate uh, that's yeah. a separate agenda matter. Like, but Absolutely. I mean, okay. at, but the biggest job is how you're going to get it. That you have you have three three group matches, three knockout matches, so potentially six six rounds in the in the football championship. I think you can't go below that. No, I don't think you can. Yeah, and the calendar probably doesn't allow you to go much beyond that either. But like, no, I think the model is good. There's no midweek. There's no. No, everything, everything, everything is good. Like, and it's not exactly uh, a tribute to the fact that Tipperary were gone early. Either. There was that breathing space there this year, and they got the thing going. And there's there's plenty of time. I, to I think, the yeah, I think even killed. if we'd gotten to an All Ireland for hurling or football final, we would have been able to play them out in the manner we have done. So, one I texter, think so. One texter tells me that Owen Short is your nephew. Correct and right. <laughs> Because <laughs> every time I have a conversation with you, like you know, you play a drum and inch in a in a quarter final of the senior hurling. There's champions Mark and McGrath, and now yep. you're related to the shorts as well. Didn't I? Yeah, a couple of the, a couple of the girls escaped foreign parts, all right, like but yeah, we stayed in we, the mid though. Tom stayed in the mid. We, we regarded as spreading the gospel to the to the other lands, like so. Yeah, yeah like okay. oh, sure, be careful of being a prophet in your own land, Tom. Yeah, well, Owen was always always fair choose to him. He was he he was always into his football and liked his football he's he's he's, he's spreading the faith down so tip there and he's teaching down in Newcastle so he's Fair play. He, yeah so I mean he's he's uh, no a good football man and like great credit but they, they have they have they have others there as well like and you know Andy can Andy can and Seamus Griffin and Michael Griffin their chairman then good football people good GA people as well like so in mean, a lot of and there was there was GAP football people in Upshurst back along. Packy Ryan was manager of a of a of a, of a junior team back in the nineties. Like that came a cropper against a very good St Pat's team in the county final. Like, but that's many months ago now. Like, but they were playing football in 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 Upshurst when a lot of people didn't hear about them. But the likes of you weren't around. No, uh, that's around a fact. To spread, Tom. spread to spread the gospel. Like, <laughs> Thank no, you, which, which is great. Like, it is. Yeah, that, Listen, they're being recognised. Absolutely. It's it, you know every weekend is so busy at the moment. All those senior football, intermediate football games we talked about, and like you've got. Yeah. So that's many, why I, so that's why I threw in the mention for I threw in the mention then for for Solihead as well. Like, and I know I think that's important. Yeah, and yeah. actually, it struck me because I was going up to I was going up to Holy Cross for the Marys Silver Mines match last Sunday, and I drove to Rose Green. There was a field day on. Drove up to, to Cashel. There was a match on. Drove to Borland. There was two matches on. Got up to Holy Cross match on. Drove back down again, and I don't have every pitch I passed. There was a match on. I just yeah. got a sense of just how fantastic 
uh, it is at this time of the year that every pitch is being used and it's you know it's just it was great anyway and, and the all clubs involved from all 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 ends of the county. I mean, I, Sean, Sean, Sean Tracy's are in the semi final of the Jonah football. Like, I mean, they're they're there and you know they're they're well able to kick football as well. Like. Tom, before I let you go, congratulations. I believe you won a junior ladies football county title. I think your first one ever the weekend as well. So uh, Yeah, somebody somebody mentioned that. All right. <laughs> no, no, they did our ladies um, reformed this year after was forty odd years out of out of existence. They, 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 they had a ladies football club in, in the parish from seventy five to seventy nine and won the five senior championships them five years. There you go. And then they went out of existence and because they had no, this. they had no known worlds left to conquer. Well, I don't know how it was, but I mean, there's nearly, there's nearly grandchildren of some of the '75 team. And strange may seem, the final set in Golden on Saturday, which was the venue for their first ever county senior win in 1975. So, yeah. like, it's amazing the way history just repeats itself. But yeah, yes. 47 years later. Fund of information is always Tom. I gotta go. Yeah. Okay, Ronan. Mind yourself. God bless. Take care. Us. That's uh, Tom McGrath. <laughs> with um, his thoughts on the hurling football championship loads of hurling next week obviously but there was more than just men's football taking place this weekend uh, in intermediate Tom Cusick and senior because uh, it was the county final day in uh, county final weekend really in ladies football Tony Smith's on the line how are you Tony? Hi Ronan The standout story has to be that of Feathered winning their first ever senior title um, massive achievement for them Absolutely and, and a wonderful performance right throughout the game I mean, uh, what you call it, Brian Bruce got an early goal which would have rattled a lot of teams. And this is an extremely young feather team. I was just looking at them yesterday and I would say, with the possible exception of Kate Davey, I'd say the whole team is under 21. I'd say quite a few of them are under 18. And there might even be, there are a few of them actually under 16. And if you looked at them out on the pitch, you'd say it was a school team at times. But they played wonderful football right throughout. And uh, were full value for their lead in the second half. And they had stretched it out to six points. And then fair juice to Brian Burroughs. They came back. Quiva Condon got a great goal. Brought it back to three points. It was up and down, up and down. Eventually, in about, I'd say the fourth minute of stoppage time, Patricia Hickey leveled the game. And again, great credit to Feather. Straight up the field. Got a free. Not an easy free. I'd say it must have been 35-plus out from goal. And Katie, Kate Davey landed the point. Uh, it, it, it really is. Roy the Rovers kind of stuff and what I think is interesting what you said there is the youth of the Feather team They, ha- I don't know if they'd been in a county final before it certainly was the first time they'd won one and yeah. up against Brian Bruce, who let's be honest have smarts about them they know how to win games they were in the county they final do. last year there's a lot of experience in that side and they know how to win championship matches Yeah exactly well, I mean the experience that they have you couldn't buy it and as you said, they've lost now three county finals, the 2019, 2021, 2022, uh, by a point, which is really, really tough. And in, in two of the last two finals last year and this year, last minute efforts caught them. So it's very, very difficult. But fair juice to feather, they deserve this. I thought they were absolutely wonderful. And if they can keep this team together, they could, they could dominate Tipperary ladies football. You've got to give credit to former stalwarts of Tipperary men's football, the likes of Michal Spillane, um, Willie Morrissey, who are behind that team as well, who have uh, thrown their shoulder behind the wheel of ladies football in the parish of Feathered. They have indeed. I mean, they, they've been involved from the word go. I mean, when this team started off, a lot, a lot of them together underage, very successful, up through junior ranks, up through intermediate ranks, into senior. As I said before, they seemed to stall last year, but they certainly got their act together this year. And, uh, you know, like because of the age profile of the team, it, it could be around for an awful long time. Yeah, many congratulations to Feather. It's always 
very impressive whenever somebody wins their first ever title. Go down to Intermediate for a second because somebody texts me and say Mullinahone winners of yesterday's uh, intermediate made history as they are now the first Mullinahone ladies team to ever play senior. This follows on from their journey last year in winning the junior, Tipperary and Munster titles reaching the All-Ireland Club final. Remarkably, they may now well meet the same Cork side they defeated in the Munster semi-final last year as Cork's Castlehaven have also won the double. That's correct. Absolutely. Castlehaven won the Intermediate Championship in Cork at the weekend and obviously Mullinahone won the Intermediate in Tipperary and they are going to meet each other in the Munster Championship. Which is a, a repeat of last year's Munster yeah. semi, which, which Mullinahone won. Which was a fantastic result for them. It was probably the best result on, on, on their path to the All-Ireland Final because it was going to be a difficult matter going down to play Castlehaven. Now, I know they didn't have to go as far as Castlehaven, but they still had to go a fair distance down into Cork and they came away with a win. But I felt right throughout the Intermediate Championship this year that Mullinahone were the team to beat. And in great credit to Borland. I mean, Borland stayed with them right up into the second half. The penalty missed by Borland was probably crucial. Uh, shortly after that, another great save by the Mullinahone goalie, Alice Browning. And then with 10 minutes to go, Lorraine O'Shea got a goal. And then in the closing stages, Ava O'Shea got the other goal. And that was it. Yeah, two servants, great servants from Mullinahone, the O'Shea sisters. Uh, they play for Tip as well. Like um, they're very Not that they're very dependent on them, but they, they turn up and deliver when Mullinahone need them. They do, Conan. They deliver the scores. I mean, they do have a very well-balanced team around them. And Nicole Shelley is very good in the middle of the field. But all the other players contribute in all the games. But definitely the two O'Shea's are their main scorers in chief. Uh, commercials won the senior B, I think. They've defeated, was it Templemore? Correct. Yeah, again, I was expecting to, uh, commercials to win that, you know, by more than what they did. But at one stage, they had built up comfortable enough lead. But great credit to Templemore. Templemore came back at them. And they got the late goal and they had chances again. And But commercials held out in the end. And they now get the, the added incentive of going into a monster competition at senior B level. Oh, I didn't know that it went on to Munster. Yeah. That's very good. One texter sends me in the following. Uh, congratulations to my Karki ladies who beat Moyne Temple Tuhi in the junior A county final. It took five 20 metre frees to separate the sides after extra time. That is correct. Yeah, but I saw that game. That was an absolutely wonderful game. I mean, it went from end to end. If at any stage, any of those teams might have won it. Uh, in normal time, it ended up level, obviously. Went into extra time. Uh, Tim Tui had a late chance, possibly, to win it. Went into this shootout where each team had five shots of goal. And um, uh, Mike Harkey won it 3-1. That's extraordinary. I tell you what, you, I don't know if you'll ever have a weekend of drama like that again in ladies' football. That was an amazing run, and I mean, there was a couple of the finals went to extra time. I think there was two, if not three, went to shootouts, because I didn't see all of them. You couldn't be you in couldn't every, be every game, one no. time. And uh, it was, it's fantastic, really, when it comes down to that. Oh, yeah, heartbreak for some of the ladies, but who, particularly, as you mentioned, Brian Bruce, to, to be so close on two successive years and then fall short. But uh, many congratulations to all the ladies who won and go on and represent their county at provincial level. Tony, it's great to talk to you. Many thanks. Thank you, Ronan. Uh, that's Tony Smith joining us there. Let's speak to the manager of the tip of Feathered Ladies who won their first ever Tipperary Senior title, uh, Feathered, yesterday. And that's Michal Spillane. How are you, Michal? Good, uh, Ron, yourself? I'm great. Many congratulations to you and your your team, your backroom team, and, and indeed the ladies. Um, you know, it's been a hell of a journey you've been on. That's been a great run, in fairness. Um, we've had a super bunch of girls there. Um, started off underage. Um, a lot of them girls played C and D underage, but put an savage amount of work over the last number of years, and 
came up through the ranks and um, yesterday we got the rewards. It was a delight for the girls. Uh, I mean, it was close, it was tight. Young team and in such tight games, they, I suppose, they showed a degree of experience that belied their, their relatively young age. That's correct, Ron. Um, but in fairness, them girls, a lot of them girls have won um, a lot of underage, 12, 14, 16 minor, um, junior B, junior A, intermediate, and um, worked their way up to the ranks over the years. And uh, that, that's a great experience to have going into the county senior final. Yeah, I mean, it means a lot. It goes on now to a, to a provincial championship for you. That's right, Ron. We have uh, actually uh, uh, the banner from player or whoever wins the Clare County final in, in the Munster semi final at the home venue in three weeks' time, so we'll be really looking forward to that. I watched the latter stages of it on the stream, um, as always, excellent service from that streaming service. I know that, like, you get that free, you know, Patricia Hickey scores an equalising point, you get that free, it's not an easy free. You went in and you said something to Katie Davey. What did you say to her before she settled down to take that free? Didn't say about that, Ron, and really, um, it's important that the ball goes dead in that situation. And um, fair as the case, um, I did be fading her and she nailed it. Not an easy one, I wouldn't fancy it myself, like. Yeah, but Kate, Kate's on the road a long, long time yeah, ago. She is, yeah, she um, An experienced player, and if you had anyone to stand in front of that ball, you'd be given to Kate Davy. Is your heart in your mouth? Not really. You no. Kate um, yeah. I was happy that was Kate had her scan. She's Kate has been a great servant for us over the years. Yeah, look, me and, um, Delighted for her. I hope the girls enjoyed their night. And uh... Uh, a super couple of days for us, Ronan. Um, they've been a great response from the community and great, great goodwill towards the girls and. Um, just delighted, Ron. I know. Just delighted there was, there was, do you know what, Michal? You've been around long enough to know great days and feathers, but it was great to see the bunting and the blue and white out and feathered again. I thought that was great. As I said, Ron, I don't want to repeat myself, but um, the community had been excellent. The, the, the businesses, we got great support. There was great goodwill towards the girls and um, great crowd at the match yesterday. And it's, it's just delighted to get the girls over the line. And um, it's, it's a great day for the club. Enjoy the well, rest the best, of the best ever. Yeah, listen, stay well, Michal. We'll talk to you again, I'm sure. Thanks, Ron. All Thanks the best. Indeed. That's Michal Spillan, manager of the Feathered Ladies. Many congratulations to them on their first ever senior title. Jennifer O'Donnell of Killinall, who won and trained and bred born warrior in winning the Irish Greyhound Derby, is the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month for September. Congratulations to Jennifer O'Donnell of Killinall. That's in association with the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel. We wish her well and continued success to her. If you want to nominate somebody for this October award, simply send an email to sportsstar at tipfm.com. The AIL is up and running in rugby. Peter Silk is on the line. How are you, Peter? Very good, Ronan. How are you? Uh, you must have been bitterly disappointed in Navin. Just any time you lose with a glass gasp score, you know, to, to kind of rob you of the points that you thought you had, you had in the bag? Yeah, we were we were disappointed. Um, it was a very good game of rugby, tough tough game. Navin had a very big pack, uh, a very good back line, and um, Cashin played, started very well, got a try after three minutes, and then uh, Navin took over. They had a strong wind behind them, and they used it very cleverly, you know, kicking behind our defence and kicking high balls with snow on them on the way down. But, you know, Cashley coped reasonably well with um, with the the, the attacks and uh, they did concede two tries and a penalty in the first half. Uh, it was 15-5 at half time. But then Cashley really came into it in the second half after having to defend uh, quite a bit in the first half. Um, and they, they really took the game to Navin after 10 minutes of the second half, they got a very good try when they set up a mall. 
fly out of the post and they converted. And then with about 15 minutes to go, they did the same thing, uh, set up the mall and drove Navin back about 25 yards and scored a very, very good try, which they converted. And that put Cashel 19-15 ahead. And, uh, they, you know, they really should have closed it out at that stage, but they just weren't clever enough. And in fairness to Navin, now they were, Navin were out on their feet for a lot of the second half. But they came back into it, and with about five minutes to go, their hooker got the ball on halfway. Uh, one of the lads tried to intercept. He stepped him, and all of a sudden, play was up to the five-meter line. And Cashel defended very well for a while, and then the, the, the referee decided that there was a high tackle. He gave one of the lads a yellow card, and the, Navin got a penalty. And eventually, they just kept bashing it up and bashing it up, and they got over for a mm. try. Uh, so for that type of game, uh, a little bit more uh, cleverness on Cashel's part, and they should have been able to close it out because they were that little bit fitter. But to be, to be fair to Navin, they are a very good team. They've spent two years up in Division 1B, uh, and they're big, you know, their pack is huge. And that is, that is a huge advantage. But I must say, Cashel played very well in in some aspects. Their line-out didn't function very well at, at the weekend. Well, it's your first day out. Like, I know you've probably had a Munster Senior Cup match at this stage, but like it, it is the first league match of the season. You'll be back, back home, presumably, for next Saturday. Yeah, we're home next Saturday. We have UL Bowls visiting and uh, they were beaten by Nina. Yeah, I was going to come so to that. That was a big win for Nina. It was a big win for Nina, but Nina have had a fantastic start to the season. They've won all their matches. Uh, they have beaten UL Bowls twice. They've beaten Old Crescent. And I suppose the big scalp they took was the game against Gary Owen in the, the quarterfinal of the Senior Cup. Uh, that was a big win for Nina. So, you know, they'll be strong this year as well. And we used to go... To, after we play you well both, we have to go to Nina and that's never an easy time. No, no, nobody fancies that journey, no two ways about it. It'll be interesting to see how those two clubs go in Division 2A of the AIL. Quick word about Clamel, they had a good win as well this weekend. Got it's always important to win your first home match, isn't it? It, it is really, and you know, you'll be you'll always target the home matches and then hope you'll win a few on the road. But uh, you know, Clamel have started well um Middleton they were up mid-table last year. They've been a senior uh, side for a long time now, Middleton. They have really. They, I'd say, almost twenty years, uh, and they have the same kind of. They had the same journey as we had, and as Clonmel themselves have had. You know, came through the junior ranks, were a junior club for a long, long time, and came up. They have a lot of experience in, in the AIL. They have struggled for the last few years, but had a good season last year, and I would have expected them to progress this year but you know Tamil must have recruited well over the winter or over the summer I think and, it, uh, yeah recruiting is one thing but also like, like a couple of their under 19s have stepped up to senior and seem to be acquitting themselves very well yeah well you need you, you need a, a crop of players coming through the whole town you know the AIL is tough uh, it is a good standard it's, uh, and particularly you know when you get out of the junior ranks uh, you're using bigger teams you know they're, they're physically bigger and they're uh, you know, Carmel survived last year, you know, just by the skin of their teeth. But that win at the weekends now will have given them great encouragement. Absolutely. Um, you know, so, you know, they'll be, they'll be uh, really buoyed up by that. And, you know, it gives them that bit of momentum heading into the rest of the game. So UL Bowes next Saturday in Sparfield, yeah? yeah UL Bowes next Saturday in Sparfield at 2.30. Um, all our supporters, if there are any listening out there, I'd be delighted to see them turning up. Absolutely. Uh, it's important for us to get back on the horse now because, you know, it, it's 
a, a replica of what happened in the first game last year. We had it basically almost won against Buccaneers, and they got it by two minutes into injury time. Uh, you know, to beat it by two or three times. So the same thing happened this last Saturday. Hopefully, we learn from us. And there are a few things I need to see. Indeed. Uh, the line-out, if they get the line-out right, I think we'll be very difficult to beat. Peter, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for your time. Very good. Thank you, Ronald. Thanks, Peter Silk there from Cashel Rugby Club. Uh, let's go to local soccer. A huge amount of games this weekend. Barry Ryan's on the line. Hi, Barry. Hi, Ronan. How are you? I'm really good. I want to start with the Munster League Champions Cup quarterfinal. Now, this is the champions from the different leagues in the province. Michael's up against Pike Rovers. That's a hell of a scalp for St. Michael's to take, isn't it? It certainly is. And what's more impressive is the, it was without David Slattery, without Colin Bargary from the start, without Christopher Higgins and without Edmund O'Dwyer. Um, they were absolutely down to bare bones then. Yeah. They? So, you know, and look, um, Pike had a lot of the possession. Michael's shape was excellent. Um, to set up really, really well. These two are old foes, know each other very, very well. And I think you saw the best of Johnny Cremins, uh, Michal Byrne and Adrian Walsh in terms of how to set up, how to go about it, um, even down some of the personnel. What a scalp. Um, John O'Brien made his long-awaited return, came off the bench and scored with his first touch. Yeah, because like, John O'Brien's been a great servant, won an FAI Junior Cup with them, former Clamell Town player, really good fullback. Absolutely top class and incredible. In the last year or so, he's turned into one of their biggest attacking threats. Brought him in on the left side of the front three um, and scores with his first touch. And he's done that in a couple of big games last season as well. Um, so he's actually almost now, he's I suppose it's a modern fullback, isn't it? He can play fullback and he can bomb forward, but he can also come on higher up the pitch. He's the um, Trent Alexander-Jones of West Tipperary, is he? Yeah, I think he defends a bit better. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. I absolutely knew you'd say that. <laughs> anyway, it's a great win. I mean, it's, I suppose when the dust settles on a season, the, that Champions Cup isn't exactly something that people, you know, put as top of their priorities. But like you play, you play Pike in a in a competitive fixture at this time of the season. It does your world a good to get over that. It absolutely does. And look, I think St. Michael's are scratching around for a little bit of form as well. And they've mixed a lot of the younger players now in with the season pros. And I think the younger players will take more from that than anybody. I think they needed that big win and to prove on a big night in Coop Park that they, they're ready to step in now. Um, and I think that was probably the most pleasing for the Michael's management team. Absolutely. Let's talk about what went on on the bypass. Because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Clameltown were 3-0 up at half time against Wilderness Rovers. Yeah, they were, look, and it's funny, you know, going up to Willie's is such a difficult game, and, you know, you see them treating it up, and you think, wow, you know, what a way to, you know, to go about it, and uh, look what came in the second half. Well, the goal just before half-time brings it back to 3-1, uh, which is the big goal in the game, because you get the next one, it's game over, um, and all of a sudden, they don't see it out, and they drop two points. I mean, they really will be kicking themselves at that now in fairness to Wilderness Rovers right I think that just the fixture lists have been particularly unfair and unkind to Wilderness because they got a lot of the heavy hitters first off yeah, they have. Look, this is their second time playing Clamwell Town in the opening five games. And the thing about Wilderness Rovers is, when you go up to the Willies, you know, guys like Jason Barnes, Graham Kelly and so on, they're going to keep you honest. Um, and they're going to ask questions of you physically. And Clamwell Town have tried to change a lot of what they do um, in terms of, they want, it's kind of like the whole Stephen Kenny thing. They want to be more expansive. They want to play more football. And that's absolutely great. But there's a place to do it and there's places not to do it. Like, Conor O'Sullivan is probably the best exponent of a long throw in the TSDL. And after Paul Breen, Craig Gyrie is the best header of the ball in the TSTL and they didn't take one long throw um, on Sunday because they don't play that way anymore and will they score with two long throws and a set piece so 
I think it's horses for courses and I think like I hope that Thomas Town haven't thrown away a title race by trying to play out from the back away to Willies. Um, I think there's a time and a place and I think it's brilliant if they're going to try and be more expansive but I think you've got to kind of you know cut your cloth at the right time um, and even they're 3-1 they're 3-1 up and it's a physical bombardment in the Willies and you take off Craig Gyrie, I think you've got to keep him on the pitch just for set pieces. So I don't know how, they, how the game management was of that game, but yeah. look, they go to Cook Park next Sunday and what a better place to try and go and bounce back. Town win next Sunday in Cook Park. Last Sunday, you've moved on from it already and all of a sudden, it's huge confidence for the group again. But just on that... I mean, it's been a while. Like, it seems that St. Michael's have Clameltown's number for the last four or five seasons. Yeah, look, there's no getting away from that. Um, you know, but I suppose it's like anything. You know, it's until you go and win up there, you know, they have your number. And I suppose, look, it's another opportunity to go and do that. But look, it's, I'm, you know, they would have much preferred to be going in there if they're training up in the wheelies and they held on to that. And they're going up there, you know, won all their games and so on. So look, they're going to have to dust themselves down. But look, there's no doubt about it. They're going to a venue on Sunday where it hasn't been kind in recent years. Yeah, Cashelltown had a big win against Two Mile Bars, didn't they? 3-2. Yeah, and you know what? I'm really, really pleased for Baca Glasheen in this one because, you know, he's probably, they've probably had a little bit of criticism and they haven't had a good start to the season. But, you know, they've been without um, Owen Byrne, who's been their chief player, their, their top goal scorer for years now. James Harding's been out injured. Um, you know, they've been down a lot of bodies. Cashel have been going well in the in the hurling, so they haven't yeah. had lads that they would have been able to call on two or three important players for that, um, like Joe Brown and so on. So they've had to go without those players, and that win is huge because Burris have been a team who've impressed a lot of people. Yeah, they have. And uh, the other fixtures, Clamel Celtic getting that, uh, you know, that 2-1 win over Banshee Celtic. Again, Banshee, give them a month and we're going to see a different Banshee, aren't we? Yeah. 100%. They're going to be scratching around a little bit for players at the moment with GA and different things as well. Um, but an interesting, you know, to, to see who got the winner in that game, Paul Kendi, a guy, you know, whose name is oh, probably great on your show for a long time. Yeah, it? but like, I thought he'd gone to, did he go down to Hartfin or something? He something? did, yeah, he did. And they managed to get him coaxing back again this year. Um, I'm not going to guess what age Paul is now, but look, you know, to be still scoring Premier League goals and to still be that box in the box um, for Celtic, you know, it, you know, he really has been one of the great TSDL strikers, to be I agree with you because I've never seen him go through a barren period. I don't think he never. understands what a barren period is. Yeah, it's literally comes alive inside in that box. You know, he's not overly big. Uh, mm. He's not overly quick. But what he is, he's, he's just a predator inside Very the box. Smart. Yeah, 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 100%. Um, it's, all in the, it's all in the head. First yards in the head. And look, it's just to see him still popping up with that winner. That's a big win for Celtic because they've had a good start to the season. Mm, yeah. I see, excuse me, the draw was made for the FAI Second FA Junior Cup second round, and did I see Peak Villa facing Clameltown? Yes, in Carlisle wow. Sunday week. So I mean, you've you know you've got two massive weeks for Clameltown now. They go to St Michael's in the Munster, and then they go to Turles in the FAI. It's extraordinary the way those games can come so quickly. Like if you're not if you're not on it, like yeah. suddenly your season can. Oh, not, not be over but it can unravel really quickly yeah and look Ronan there's no, your season can be over you know if they look at those drop points in the league last Sunday if they go to St Michael's and get beaten if they go to Turles and get beaten your season's over in October you know there's no real dressing that up but they know that as well and there's a lot of good lads in that dressing room and I'd expect them to come out firing over the next two weeks and they'll need to um, but look Pete Phillips scored another nine goals on Sunday yeah, absolutely. I saw that. Peak Villa against V Rovers. Poor old V Rovers having a bit of a torrid time with it at the moment. Before I let you go, I don't know if you saw Aaron Wall's save for care. I did. I did. What a player. What a... Do you know... You know yeah. I, I saw him... He was, he, I think he, was, he played for St. Michael's, played for Care Park. He did. He's an FBI Junior Cup winner. He is, yes, correct. 
and he's, an, he's a great penalty record as well in soccer. But what I thought was incredible about Ronan was he actually, you know, he great penalty saver. He pulled it out of the top corner. Oh yeah, it was high into the car. It was going in and he tipped it onto the crossbar. Yeah, I would sometimes, you know, sometimes in GA with the football, sometimes it can be slightly critical of the penalties. You know, it's not, they're not, I suppose in soccer sometimes it's more, I, uh, it's, well, it's a different skill, you're kicking off the ground all the time. But the guy who took the penalty, he took a brilliant penalty. Yeah, absolutely. It put a lot behind it. Anyway, I just think, uh, great talking to you. Congratulations, Aaron Wall. Congratulations, Care. Congratulations to everyone who won today. And thanks for joining us. I appreciate it, Barry. Thanks, Roland. Not at all. That's all we have time for. My thanks to Ian O'Connor, who produced tonight's show. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you next Monday night. And uh, till then, good night and good luck.